0: Hi, I am Tingen and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. In this special collaboration series with Stripe, the financial infrastructure platform for businesses, I speak with parents at Stripe on how they create work-life integration and balance their career ambitions with family aspirations. In this episode, I speak with Czech from Stripe's Customer Success and Payment Optimization APAC team. Chuck is father to three children, age 7, 6, and 4. Hey Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. And to begin with, could you tell us a bit more about your family?
1: Sure. My name is Chuck, and I actually have three lovely young girls. The eldest is Faith Lynn. She's coming to seven years old, primary one this year. The second is Hope. She's going to turn six before end of this. So she's a year-end baby. So she's the middle child. And my youngest is Karis. She's the fiesty one I call a little chili party. She's coming to four years old tomorrow, actually, on the 1st of June. Oh,
0: very cool. Thank you for taking time off to do this. And uh, hopefully, you'll be free after this to, to celebrate <laughs> your daughter's birthday.
1: Not at all. You've given me the perfect excuse to dump my kids to my wife for another <laughs> hour. So this is fantastic.
0: Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So check. how do you explain strike to your children?
1: Ooh, okay. Actually, Tinan, do you understand what Strap does? Just out of curiosity.
0: <laughs> well, payments, that's it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think to the layman, like right, anyone on the street, right? Let's say if you order something on Grab or you order like delivery or even like pay for parking SG, Stripe is the the behind-the-scenes magic that processes payments from your credit card or any other local payment method to the merchant on record. So how I like to explain this to my kids is one of their favorite snacks is McDonald's, the chicken nuggets or like the hash browns in the morning. And sometimes when I'm lazy, I do have three girls and my wife to feed. I'll do a grab food delivery and an uncle will come with a grab food and hang it on the door. And my daughter, the eldest one, will often ask me, hey, Papa, how come you don't have to pay the delivery person? Are you being mean? I said, no, because something magical is happening behind the scenes that helps to move money from our bank account to the uncle through grab food or Deliveroo. And I explained to that, that kind of magic is Stripe. So I used this analogy to kind of explain to her the magic behind the payments of Stripe se.
0: Wonderful, I like it. So it's not that you're being mean or being miserly, it's just that it's already been done. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. Right now let me take you back a couple of years when you first joined Stripe. Where were you in your family at that point? And I believe you joined in 2018, right? This was pre-COVID That's when right. I presumed there was travel. We're going to get to that. But take me back to where were you in your family life when you first joined Stripe?
1: Sure. I joined Stripe around mid-2018. And just when the process of the interviewing was about to wrap up, my youngest kid, Karis, was due to be born in about one and a half to two months' time. So it was really intense from consideration of a job career switch opportunity. And I think something really struck out to me, and it was really vivid to me, even if I recollect it now, is that because Stripe does take a lot of pride in terms of interview process, I still had four or five rounds to go. And preferably, I was to be flown to the San Francisco HQ for the interview. And when I got to know that, I was really excited, but at the same time, there was a timeline consideration. If I flew and my wife gave up, and then I won't be there, that's kind of like I'll be kicked out of the house forever. Yeah, but I think what really kind of like reached back out to me in terms of the grace and really the flexibility of the strike HR team then I was that the recruiter told me, "Don't worry, we will make it happen for you." So they brought the process forward by two weeks. So that I could fly in my immediate available weekend which was the coming weekend and I flew I got to San Francisco I interviewed on Monday I flew back on Monday night you can say that even the pillow print from the flight hasn't kind of like eased from my face and I was back in Singapore but really it was kind of like the thoughtfulness of the process that really impressed me so I was glad I had an offer and I accepted the opportunity but it was part of this process that really kind of shaped my motivation that wow this is a company that understood parents and the demands and challenges that faced them as an early kind of like pre. Well, thanks
0: for sharing that. There's a lot to unpack there. So let me start with the first idea of changing jobs when you knew that your wife was expecting. What led you to even consider that? Because probably there will be a fair bit of life change. There's going to be a newborn to deal with it. What was going through your mind when you even started this exploration journey to consider career shift?
1: I think it was really the excitement of the opportunity before me. How I got to know Stripe, to be really honest, was through a magic moment when I was making payments on an app that is very popular for ride sharing and delivery. We all know that. And what happened then was that I put in just my email or mobile number and voila, an SMS was sent to me for validation and the payment went through within less than three to five seconds. So I was like really blown away, like, what is this company? What is this magic of voodoo that's happening? And I found out this was Stripe. And coincidentally, I had a college contact who was working at Stripe and they were asking me if I was interested to pursue an opportunity in fintech. And coming from a tech background, then in 2018, fintech was one of the most exciting industries that professionals would like to consider developing. And I happened to be very blessed to be aware of this opportunity and therefore I decided to go for it. But from a family perspective, of course, there was some consideration to my wife because my third one was coming. But end of the day, we decided that, you know, well, I wasn't young and I wasn't going to turn any younger. And if there was the right opportunity to pursue, and hopefully the organization turned out to be was very supportive of parenthood, I made a leap of faith and I was really glad I did it looking back four years ago. Yeah. Okay,
0: and then so you decided to go on this and you said you had four to five more rounds to go for earlier. So you got to talk me through, do you remember how many rounds of interviews and selections that you actually had to go through at Stripe?
1: Oh, I can't disclose that much because the process has changed. Okay. But I would say back then in the early days, we definitely had to interview for more than 10 rounds but the process is really different wow. now, yeah, of which okay. my last four or five <laughs> had to be in San Francisco. I can give you a bit of context. Back then, Stripe was really a startup. I was considered the 30th hire, so the first 30% into the Singapore office. And being such a small and lean team, they didn't have everyone involved for the role interview because some of the functions were parked in headquarters, right? So they needed the right people on board to interview. And back then, while well, I believe Google Meets or was it Blue Jeans was fairly popular, preferably for early hires in the Singapore office, it's better to do it in person to make sure that um, it's not just about hiring the right talent, but that talent will also find that it's compatible fit with the organization as well. So this is kind of like the background per se. Got it.
0: And before you started this process, did you already know about how family friendly and supportive Stripe was? Or was it through the interview process that you started to get these
1: clues? Mm. I would say it's a mix of both. Okay. When I was first being engaged in the process with Stripe, the first round screening was actually by a fellow teammate who was a young parent herself. So that was very helpful. She gave really candid perspectives on uh, what I should be mindful of when coming to Stripe. And she gave me assurance because I think she, as a young parent and one of the many, many to come, really gave me confidence that I would have appeared to lean on for support or for advice when I came into it. Entering Stripe thereafter, something that I'm still really pleasantly pleased and really proud of us as a company culture today is that we have what we call communities, like formal communities recognized in the company with community leads per se. And one of the communities is actually parenthood. Parents have this community, whether it's an informal Slack channel where we hang out, or we have activities like a strike bring your kids to office work kind of day being organized to really ensure that parents have the right support and pillars to connect with each other. So actually when I first started, I was immediately added by my peer into the parenthood channel. And upon saying that, hey, I'm Czech and I have three checkmates, like young checkmates under me, everyone's like, welcome, how are they? You know, like even like giving advice because they knew that one of my eldest kids then was going to enter kindy. And for those who stay in my part of the neighborhood, they were like, oh, you should check this place out, et cetera. So it's like almost like the informal forum within the strike community that you could lean on for parenthood support.
0: Got it. And earlier you mentioned about the candid perspectives. I think one thing that defines the usefulness and candidness, I find it's not just sharing about the good, but also almost like the potential pitfalls to avoid. So do you recall for that young parent who was sharing her experience with you, what was some of the advice or things to look out for?
1: Sure. I think one of the very useful advice she gave me is that because we are an American headquartered company, it's inevitable that you're going to take a lot of calls in the morning to uh, have the kind of like communication set up with your counterparts. But she told me uh, a very useful advice is that because we do practice a very transparent culture, once you block out your calendar for a strict do not disturb, I'm picking up my kids, or I'm dropping off my kids, people are very respectful of that in general. And that was one of the best she gave me, be upfront that you're a parent and work your life and your work uh, routines around your parenthood needs and people will understand and appreciate that. So I think that was really, really forthcoming because um, at least for, from my perspective, I don't think every company necessarily does that by telling you upfront that, you know, put your parent or kids' needs first and let them know that you need to work around these needs first.
0: Got it. And so I got to ask you this, check right? Because I mean, now you're established, you're solid in your career at Stripe you're known. But the problem or the challenge I find that a lot of parents face, it's when you start a new job, there's almost a need to prove yourself all over again. You need to demonstrate that you're competent, you are collaborative, you can be there, you are a team player. Did you face any of those anxieties or concerns when you first joined Strike, especially with the newborn kid in town?
1: I'll be lying if I say I didn't. Natural human instinct is definitely... FOMO, in Singapore terms, right? Like slight anxieties. but I think it's how you manage them. What really helped is that, one, my manager was also a new parent herself. And I also had a community of parents who gave me assurance that if you do need to take time off, which Stripe Policy does support for childcare needs or emergency time off, there is that flexibility for you to do so. And that really assures that I can still do my work well while ensuring my family needs are taken. In the reverse, it's also how I manage it. So I speak to my wife uh, in terms of how we need to cover for each other, in terms of flexibility to take care of the kids, should one of us need to be at a very important meeting or event present.
0: Yep, yep. Okay, so building on that, tell me about the travel schedule you had, pre-COVID, when you joined Stripe.
1: Ooh, I used to travel maybe at least once per quarter, specifically to Asia-Pacific, like Greater China, per se. Okay. Usually, each trip will be at least five to seven days because we try to compact and cover as much as we can, uh, depending on the itinerary per se.
0: Okay, and was that challenging? I mean, once a quarter doesn't sound too bad, especially, in, I guess, it's not every week or every day, but tell me how you manage your family arrangements during th- those periods of travel, right?
1: Family support is important. Hmm. Like it helps that my wife decided to become a full-time homemaker during that period. So that was helpful. But uh, even one mummy cannot manage three kids. So I'm very, very grateful to my in-laws and my parents who I can invite them over on a need-to basis. So that definitely helped a lot. But it's also the flexibility of even before COVID started, let's say if you flew back on an early morning flight back to Singapore, it's the flexibility that the managers instruct have in terms of working from home. So I need not necessarily come to the office, I could continue working from home and then optimize that time in spending it with my kids per se once I uh, touch back in Singapore. Got
0: it. So that, was pre-COVID. Now let's fast forward to COVID. Working from home, three young kids. Tell me what was it like?
1: This is really tough. This is probably the most intense co-working experience I've ever had. I think every parent faces it. It's really the demands and distractions of finding a dedicated space while ensuring that you are not distracted or disturbed by your kids. And it's really hard because I live in kind of like a three-bedroom apartment, HDB. Yes. And and, and if you work out the mathematics, I have three kids per se, right? I do need to have a co-working space where my background is a very cute wallpaper of cartoon characters and when I take serious calls it's kind of quite a nice conversation opener and then your kids will be like jumping in front of the zoom screen typing on your laptop or behind you asking for help to fix the jigsaw puzzle or figure out which color crayon looks better on Elsa's dress in the drawing per se it's very distracting but I must say working from home has also taught me the idea of being really flexible to switch between contexts one thing I really appreciative of is, I guess it's just understanding in general parents who have went through COVID who have kids get crashing at Zoom meetings. In the beginning, I was a bit nervous. That, oh, I'm so sorry. That was unintended for, but people just laugh it off or even find it as a really nice way to find out more about you personally. Mm,
0: mm. So I guess thinking back, right? What is perhaps... It sounds everything is great and positive, which is really good, but what is one thing that you might have done differently looking back at the whole COVID slash work from home period if you had to do it all over again?
1: I think drawing the time boundaries, and this is yeah. really a personal kind of like discipline. Like, work should end by a certain time if you mm. finish the day's demands. But mm. because it is online, people are also online, you tend to forget that work doesn't end the minute you cross out from your working study room or working bedroom. Work is really blurred per se. And that was really tough for me. Like in the beginning, I would find myself hauling longer hours because it was just so convenient and accessible for you to continue working. Whereas if you had that kind of like office setup the commute often is kind of like that disconnection stage before you transfer back into the family environment, yeah.
0: Correct. Mm. Right. So setting clear boundaries and the fact that like you mentioned earlier, right, you're working for an American company, you have to take calls at least outside of working hours, right, whether it's at night or in the morning over there. So tell me a bit more about the support network that you get at work to help make all of this work.
1: I think the support network is, I guess, first and foremost, understanding from your manager and your team. And my team, per se, we're very forthcoming about, for example, the childcare routines we have, or even like the demands we have. Like, it's really common. And I would say nothing unusual if a colleague of mine who has kids thinks in a channel, hey, uh, tomorrow morning, I can't be at the morning call because I need to be early for parent-meet-teacher session, or sometimes I'll think that my kid is sick, I need to just be away from 2 to 3 p.m. just to bring my kid to the PD, just to ensure that he or she is well. We do that really upfront, so that people know what's happening if I can't be reached, and people are also supportive to cover you. So I think the covering aspect, in terms of the willingness to even just be there to ensure your duties are fulfilled, but on my own, so that you need not worry, is really, really something that I am grateful for. Yeah, got it. And
0: do you remember any particular advice that you got from the fellow parent colleagues that you found to be quite helpful and quite memorable?
1: I wouldn't say specific advice or like even suggestions or reminders, but it's really gestures. Like today is end of May, right? I think about two, three months ago, my whole Mm. family got COVID. My youngest one got it. She became a super spreader. And I thought I had tiger blood and I wouldn't get it, but I got it. So the whole family was down. And it was a nice surprise that my teammates actually sent over something nice. Like I believe it was frozen yogurt or something like that. I wish it was wine. I'm kidding. (laughs) Just to cheer up the family. So it really says a lot in terms of the warmth and genuine support that they have.
0: Yeah, nice. that's really, really beautiful. It's just these small things that matter so much, right? Like a frozen yogurt in any other
1: day, it's just a small gift. But
0: truly, I think it shows how much they care. And that that's really, really wonderful. The truth check is being a parent has its tough days. Days where you want to tear your hair out, work is calling, your kids are calling. How do you manage those difficult days and moments?
1: It's really challenging to find that balance between expending your best for both work and family. Most of us, especially myself, we often expend our best energies at work. And by the time you get home or you want to spend that time with family, you run out of the love tank that you want to. My wife keeps me accountable. I think that's helpful reminds me to take a deep breath and to try to disconnect and remind myself that this is family time. And she even is the one who comes to me and takes away my handphone so that I don't have easy access to my personal social network on the phone or even work so that I can focus on the family. So I think being disciplined or self-aware is, and having accountability partner is very important per se. The second one is, there's something I learned as a parent, especially, and the best teacher for this is my wife. She reminds me to remember what the love languages of my kids are. So I'm not sure if anyone has read this book called Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages, like love can be expressed in touch, time, acts of service, for example, mm. uh, gifting, as well as encouragement through words. And I try to remember what the love language of my kids are, so that if I do spend my time with them, having disconnected from world, I try to express myself in that genuine care towards them, for example.
0: I love that you brought up the five love languages because I find that that's so relevant and even how we receive and give in terms of love languages can be so different. So check, talk me through how you discovered the love languages for your children. Because I feel like for adults, it's a little easier. You get to articulate it, you get to give feedback with children, or it's not so straightforward. How did that look like?
1: I don't think it's so straightforward. I want to tell my wife, their yeah, love language is all toys. <laughs> yeah, I think it shows a bit more, maybe as they turn older, past one and a half second year's age. My eldest daughter, I noticed that she's more touchy-feely. Of all the three daughters, she's the only one who will come and sit with me, even at this age, just to get like a daddy hug or something like that. So I presume it's touch example, so I think these are the signs that come out. My youngest one, for example, she actually likes words of affirmation or encouragement. So whenever she does something that she's really smug or proud about, she comes to me and like, Daddy, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really picking up the cues. I think at that age, regardless of what love language, you cannot underestimate the importance of quality time. Whether it's time just to play or understand what they're doing at that moment or time to be in that moment with them, I think that to me is the most important kind of universal love language at this stage. My
0: kids yeah, I couldn't agree more than that. Right, They just need us to be there from them and to be fully present. So I really can relate to the part where your wife comes over to take away the phone. Mine does the same too, When she catches me, right? Try to spend time with the kids, but multitask on the phone. I think we're all guilty of yeah. that, but it's good that we have that check and balance. Absolutely. All right, Jake, so with three young children. <laughs> And the dad figure, there's always the association that the dad is the one who brings discipline, especially in moments when they are naughtier. So first question is, are you the disciplinarian at home or is it your wife? And collectively as a family, what does discipline look like?
1: I think we take turns. Like there's no fixed disciplinarian. It really depends on the moment and the circumstances that each of us play a different role. It's not necessarily good cop bad cop. Sometimes I think it's really bad cops, bad cops together, depending on the severity of the situation. So I would say there's no fixed policy per se, but we do have something that we practice in our household. That is, if someone really does something wrong, we decide who will be the one to give the lecture. The other person will be the one to also who the person aside later and give encouragement and to ask the kid to reflect. I think this is something we try to do. My wife often has what we call an instrument just to ensure in acts ex- of disobedience. <laughs> We do exercise. It's actually a wooden spoon. So we don't use caning or we use a wooden spoon where if a kid does something wrong, we tap it gently on the hand. Not that it hurts to the extent that it's painful, but it's just a reminder that you did something really wrong. And it's just to discipline you, to remind you that this is something that you should not be doing. So please reflect upon it, per se. So this is something like a Czech family tradition, I guess, a wooden spoon being passed down, per se.
0: Wonderful, and thanks for sharing that. It's nice that you guys think of discipline as a way that is not just to inflict pain, but it's really as a sort of learning opportunity for them to to understand what they did wrong. So, another thing I'm also very curious about, I guess, drawing back to the intersections of family and workers, tech most very quickly, and probably in fintech has moved radically fast, right? Over the past five years, I'm sure you've seen that change. Now, how do you stay updated with everything that's happening while being there for your family? Because work is work. You finish your work, but I think a lot of the learning happens outside of work, right? By finding out what's going on in the industry, by spending time at events, especially pre-COVID. So how does that staying on top of things look like for you while balancing what you have back at home?
1: each and every individual has their own preferences of learning to be in touch with the industry. For me, it's a lot of reading and podcasting. I love listening to certain podcasts or like certain publications like Pymans.com, uh, which is a popular FinTech journal. So I try to make time for that. But if anything, is really for me carving out intentional time so that you can be focused in terms of catching up on these kind of industry developments. So I try to, I'm not always successful. For example, on a weekly basis on Wednesday, for example, like 5.30 to 6 p.m., I carve it as self-learning time where I try not to do work if there's no urgent issues. Or either my wife is aware that I won't be with the kids this time so I can use this half hour to quickly scan through developments or have a quick listen at the podcast just to ensure that I'm kept abreast of the industry developments. I think events is a bit harder during COVID time because everything is virtual. I mean, you could still attend events virtually and multitask, but I try not to do that because it takes away the value of event per se.
0: True, true. Okay, so payments, is that just payments without the A?
1: Yes, that's right, yeah.
0: Okay, what other podcast or book recommendations do you have for us?
1: Book recommendations. This book is something that I have on my shelf ever since I joined Stripe. It's called the Global Payments Textbook. So, at least for me, when I first joined Stripe, payments was a very kind of like intimidating subject for me. But one of the best things that Stripe and my peers recommended was that here's kind of like a material you should try to digest when you have the time. It was literally a textbook. Like it really like global payments, like handbook or textbook, per se. But I found it super useful and I found it really interesting that a company would give you an external material or recommend you an external material so that you could like digest the point it before you dive into it, per se.
0: Oh, wow. Maybe I should check that out for myself.
1: <laughs> for a my day job. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 don't worry. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> cool
0: so i guess looking back at this exciting past seven years of being a parent what do you think has fundamentally changed in your life since being a parent
1: time for yourself definitely has changed for me being a parent is something that you do need to give energies and commitment in time to. it's not something that just concept on paper when you spend time with your family Definitely you need to deprioritize other activities in your life. In the past, I used to be really keen on organizing outings with my friends from college or like even hanging out with extended relatives cousins per se. But with family, I think you do need to be mindful that you do need to focus this time, not to neglect your friends per se, because they understand, but really to reject that kind of priority per se. It's almost like if you have a timetable, you do need to give 80% to your family now because they are the ones, the young ones, they need you. And these are precious moments. Actually, this is quite interesting. On my first unofficial day at Stripe, I went for a company event, like a dinner, because there was an off-site. And I sat next to a senior because uh, she's very seasoned in payments and very stressed earlier than me. And uh, she was asking me if I'm a parent and what was my experiences. So I replied to her, the days are long, but the years are short. And interestingly, she told me that it was the handler of an Instagram profile as well. So we connected as parents in the company and she became like unofficial mentor to me too. It's true. The days are long, but the years are short. If you don't optimize time to be family now, it would just slip by unknowingly. It sounds like cliche, but I do realize that when I look at my kids today, whoa, I actually sometimes try to recall what happened during a certain age that they are, like what they did, or like when they took their first walk, or when they threw their first bun at me unintentionally. Like these things kept coming back to my mind. Like I wish I could have even a deeper memory of that person. Yeah,
0: it's so true. I mean, for me, my daughter is 20 months old now, and I should even struggle to remember what happened a year ago. I have to use photos and videos to remember, but you are so true on the fact that the days are long, but the years are short, and time just passes by so, so quickly. This has been a really enlightening and a very fun conversation, Check, but for parents who are thinking about potentially applying to Stripe, joining Stripe, especially if they're going to have a newborn soon or planning to have another kid, what would you have to say to them?
1: I would say Stripe is really a strong kind of supportive network for parents. We as a payments fast-moving company. We work fast, we work hard, but we definitely want you to put your family first because if you can't perform for a family, it's hard so to perform best for the role that you have at Stripe. So rest assured that there are many, many like-minded parents at Stripe in APAC globally as well, that you have a network you can count on for se.
0: That's beautiful. And I think you are a textbook example of that. So for yourself, if there's one lesson you have learned as a parent in tech, what would that be?
1: I will go back to my earlier expression. Do not be shy or afraid to let people know that you're a parent. I think once you make that known, people are very respectful of the boundaries or the time blocks that they need to be mindful of when they reach out to you. And because of that, then everyone has a mutual understanding of the fact that because as a parent, you do have demands at home that you need to attend to. And this is something that I am often very appreciative of. And I'll end off with this, like even my manager right now is in the US. He often would tell us that, hey, if you need to take a call on the go while you pick up your kids, that's totally fine as well. So I think this is just an affirmation of the flexibility we have to ensure that you perform your best while you also take care of your best and your family pressing. That's beautifully said
0: Well, check if some of the listeners who are listening to this Would like to connect with you How can they best do so?
1: You can reach out to me on LinkedIn You can search for my full name, Cheng Chek Lin I believe my handler is Chek Republic If I'm not wrong I love that C-H-E-K, Republic So feel free to email me on LinkedIn I'll be happy to connect
0: yeah. Sure, we'll include Your LinkedIn profile, the show notes Well, thank you so much for taking time off the chat today, Chek This was a really enjoyable conversation
1: Oh Thanks, Tinan, It was great talking to you too
0: Thanks for listening to the Parents in Tech podcast with me, your host, Tingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www.parents.fm to join our community of Parents in Tech. There you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback or suggestion. Once again, the website is www. That's all for this episode folks, see you next time!